everyone coach Zoe here and I am with coach Lily here hi so good to be here again we're super excited about this particular one because we are going to befriend our emotions because I don't know about you but when I used to drink I, I didn't feel much I was pretty numb bearing in mind that we, we were agreeing on our previous chat that when you drink it doesn't numb selectively alcohol numbs everything yes and that involves your emotions your senses everything so you kind of lose the the intricacies that come with feeling an emotion and bearing in mind that emotions are there as you know like flagpoles you know directing you towards places that need you to check them out so there's work to be done or there's something good to be found or you know this you know what I mean you know what I mean Lee Yes, it's like you're on your dashboard in your car when it says empty. Yeah, yeah. You need to put gas in, or I can tell you from personal experience, you will be stuck by the side of the road if you ignore that long enough. And also, if you ignore the check engine light long enough, your car will start on fire on the I-90. So <laughs> I can hear experience here. <laughs> God, that's so funny. So when we numb our emotions, we lose contact with our own personal messaging system. And what happens is that when in the beginnings, when you're changing your relationship with alcohol, you're taking a step back. One of the main things that come up is people say, oh, ripping heck, I am overwhelmed. I can't even cope with the amount of emotion. It can be anger, it can be frustration, it can be irritation towards your partner. It can be, but you're just like, it's like a huge tidal wave. The reason being is that as you've been drinking, if you were anything like me for quite a long time, you're talking 35 years, I've been using alcohol to actually suppress, yeah, push my emotions down. It was numbing them. So I had my like a balloon like, under the water, pushing it down with all my might. So no idea they were there. Then it comes that I stopped using this substance to push them down and bang, in my face, they blow up and there they are. And I don't know what to do with them. Did that happen to you, Lily? Well, something similar happened to me that happened to me when I was much younger, had trauma from yeah. my childhood and I simply shut down all my emotions as a child with depression and depression was serving me because what was going on as a child I was powerless and feeling the emotions was too much and it would have killed me so starting very young I had suppressed all of those emotions Wow. And I can remember being in my 20s in my therapist's office and she would ask me how I feel. And I was deer in the headlights. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I might get like a gross emotion, not gross as in, yuck, but gross as in large emotion group. Like, I feel okay or I feel happy or I feel sad. Mostly I just felt depressed. And I didn't have any skills around emotion. Something that we can do even before we stop drinking is start getting a handle on these emotional skills so that you can avoid what happened to you, Zoe, which is that yeah. whack in the face with emotions. Because if we can learn the skill of identifying the emotion and knowing what to do with it in a healthy way that serves us, 
then when we take the numbing agent out of the equation, we don't have this big surprise blow up. Yeah. Yeah. And awareness is key, right? Yes. Awareness is, is starting to tune into yourself. Yeah. Starting to pick up on, on what's coming, you know, what's happening? How am I feeling? And like you say, it's really difficult when you've got that. I love that sort of those umbrella terms, you know, you'll say to people, so how are you feeling? I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling sad. And you realize how we lose our imagination and your vocabulary as to how to express yourself. Yes. So when these emotions come out, not only are they huge, but they, there's no depth to them. So they are just fear. They are just anger. They are just shame. And those emotions are so big and they englobe so much stuff underneath them that we recoil from them and we don't want them to be part of us. And so we're not in a position to want to, to, to learn anything from them because we just want them to go away. Right. It's just overwhelming. And it yeah. doesn't have to be that way. You can learn about the emotions before you take the numbing agent off or yes. start the process. I'm not saying wait forever, but I'm just saying you don't have to swallow that elephant hole. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can eat it one spoon at a time. Yes. It's a horrible expression now. (laughs) I know. And so that's great. So when you start, yeah, I know, poor thing. When you start, when you're, when you kind of think, okay, well, I've got to make this change. We think the best way to start is what worked for us was to, Stop trying to stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Stop trying to make a change because our the mistake we make is to throw ourselves straight into, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. Bang. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Whereas that it's not an emotion-based goal. It's a action-based goal. And because we relate our sense of self-worth, so our worthiness to our actions when we don't succeed at stopping drinking our self gets trashed oh how many times did you feel like a shameful failure when you said you were going to stop and you didn't yeah yeah the truth is you just didn't have the skills and i think another way to frame what you're saying is before you know if you're learning a musical instrument you just don't go to carnegie hall on day one with your cello and sit down and you know start you know whipping out great classical pieces you have to learn the skills yes and becoming alcohol free there's a lot of great skills you can learn that make that so much easier and so the goal being You could say, stop trying to stop. Switching that around is start gaining the skills you need to get to where you want to go. So do some separation work. So you don't have to just say, oh, I'm going to stop drinking and then be disappointed. You could say, I'm going to start looking at stopping drinking. What do I need in place for that to be successful? And start getting those skills. And the one that we're talking about today is emotions. Yeah, It's a skill you need to be happy in life, peaceful, joyful, happy, all of that. Without that skill set, you're going to be a little lost. Yeah. And when you make a change with a positive 
um, emotion, your the change literally happens faster. It's proven. That oh, yes. That structurally within in you, the structure happens faster. Yes. Whereas if it's based on a negative thoughts or negative emotions or shame or guilt or the change is slow and it, well, no one wants to build any change on <sighs> negative emotions, right? I don't even think it works. That, I believe it's Dr. B.J. Fogg that yes. has written the book on yeah. that proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the way to sustainable habit change is through positive emotion. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's so interesting because what you were talking about is all of a sudden you're faced with these emotions and you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest myths out there is that emotions happen to us and they're yes. out of our control. And when I say out of our control, like growing up, I was taught that anger is bad. But the truth is that the emotion of anger, there's nothing wrong with the emotion of anger. It's telling me there's an injustice. Yes. But hitting my brother, that's bad. So that's how we respond to the emotions that aren't helpful. The emotion itself is just there, as you said, as a guiding post for what to do. And a common mistake that I see in my clients all the time is thinking that because a fact happened, I had to respond with this emotion. And and the truth is there is, if you're looking at us on video, you can see there's a gap between my hands. There is a gap between the thing that happened and the emotion. And it's in that gap where your superpower lies. It's in that gap that you get to choose. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and we were just talking before about the fact that when things feel like they're not part of us, but that we are, that they're in our lives, it's scary, right? We feel, we just, you feel like, Jesus, what, what is this thing? And the, the more, the further we push it away from us, the, the scarier it becomes and the less likely we're able to actually own it and see it for what it's, what it's there for which is to point us somewhere or we need to work on it. So we were just saying the brain is a thought making machine. So it chucks out thoughts all the time. That's what it does. That's what it will always do. But we are in control as to which thoughts we pick up on. Those thoughts then give us an emotion, right? So it starts at the thought. So let's say you had a great example, Lily. Give us your example. My mother is 88 and she fell and broke her hip common thing and she's got early stages of dementia so when you add surgery pain meds hospital stay to dementia it can really accelerate so Mm. i flew down to florida to be with my mom and i'm in the hospital with her and she's in pain and it's really hard to control pain for this woman who's now under 100 pounds And if you give her too much pain meds, she just gets so wacky that she she thought when she had too many pain meds, she thought that she had been abducted by a cult and that we were trying to kill her, which is an incredibly painful place to be. And the other side of it was if she didn't have enough pain meds, then she was in agony, just lying there in bed, wailing about the pain. And there I am trying to deal with it trying to help get her out of pain. I woke up one morning in my hotel room and I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, 
oh my God, this sucks. And it's so painful watching my mom like this. And, and then I thought, wait a minute, it doesn't have to. The facts are in place. My mom's where she is and we need to get her pain under control. Does my suffering help? It doesn't help me help her suffering. It doesn't feel good on me. And I thought, well, what can I do today so that I do have a good day? Can't change it. Hard things are going to happen, but I can change how I choose to deal with it. And that was my turnaround. And I just decided, you know what? I am going to have a good day. So I went to Target and I bought fairy lights and a wreath and decorations for her room. So, hey, fairy lights on the IV pole were a real hit. Everybody loves fairy lights on the IV pole. (laughs) Your mom there in bed with a freaking Santa's grotto going. (laughs) Oh. And everybody who came in the room, the doctors would come in and say, oh, my God, I love coming in this room. It's it's so much more joyful. My mom was still in pain. Yeah. But she was in pain and she knew I was trying. And it made me feel better. It made the doctors feel better. Everybody felt a little better. And so when we're lying in bed in the morning, making something up about how our day is going to be, make something up good. Yeah. We're just making it up. And no one would have begrudged me if I had said, well, today's going to suck. And then I could have gone in and today would have, it would have sucked. Yeah. You had two thoughts. You had two ways. You had, this sucks. And the other thought, I am going to have a great day. It's our choice. It was your choice. And as a result of saying, 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 okay, I'm going to change that thought. I'm going to have this thought which is available to us all. It's in us. Everything we need is in ourselves. We don't need anything from the outside. So when you decide to have a good day, the emotions that you're going to trigger are going to correspond to that sentence. Whereas if you were to say this sucks, the emotions that whole day would have corresponded to that sentence. And it goes per se when you're making a change or you're or in this case, you're you're changing your relationship with alcohol and you're having a, a challenging where you wake up thinking, I'm never going to get through today. Or do you know what? One day at a time, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm going to learn good. something today. I'm yeah. going to be better today than I was yesterday. Yeah. I am working on. Yes. There are so many options we have yeah. there. And not the toxic positivity ones, not the ones like, yeah, I'm amazing. You know, you can say that. But um, if I did that, my brain would go, oh, fuck off. Sorry, excuse my language. But little ones, like you say, little ones that just just tweak it. And toxic positivity does not work. If you're just denying that those facts are there, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Because my mom was lying in bed in pain. Yeah. She's bored out of her head. And lost yeah quite a bit of the time that was real and i had emotions around that yeah but i chose not to let those emotions ruin my entire day yeah so the the actions that that came as a result of i am going to have a great day that thought triggered the emotions of okay 
okay, it is what it is. I'm going to make the most, let me do something which triggered the action of going and buying thousands and thousands of kilometers of fairy lights and wrapping <laughs> your mum up in them like a chrysalis <laughs> and making her day and the doctor's day and your day a better place to be. Yeah. It was in your control. It was better and less exhausting for sure because being in that state of this is terrible is so exhausting. It just sucks the life right out of me. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. if you're going to make something up, may as well make it up good. Oh, I so, I so agree with that. And once you get that kind of, and you can sit, you've got to have a think it through because it's quite a huge thing to know. And it can be also a little bit frightening because it's like, shit, I'm, I'm actually responsible I've yes. got a choice. And when we drink for quite a long time, you've eliminated your your choices. There are no choices. I want to drink. End of. Right. So when you kind of move that out and you're moving away from it, it's like, oh, you mean this is up to me? Yes. I can make this happen. That's and you can you... I can make this happen or, oh, do I have to make this happen? You know, it's like, do I, I, get, I get to see another day. You know, I don't have to see another day that is you exactly. stepping in your power absolutely yes. and absolutely. one thing i'm sure you see with your clients too is the blame oh yeah the, the opposite of blame is responsibility so oh, if, like if yes. we have given over our power to someone else if someone else is in charge of our happiness then we are powerless so i've got to a client I'm working with right now and she's struggling with her husband and she keeps bumping up against no matter what she does, he's not happy. Yeah. If she drinks too much, he's not mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. If she doesn't drink, he's not happy. He's lost his drinking buddy. Yeah. So she feels very cornered. And the truth is until she separates her joy from his expectation. Until yes. she takes her power back, she yeah. is stuck. Yeah. Because what she could say is, I need to find joy within me and take my power back for what's good for me. I can't please him. Yeah. I can't live my life trying to make him happy. It's literally impossible. He wants an impossible thing. Yeah. Thing that's going on there is by blaming him then she feels like she doesn't have to take any responsibility or action because she's stuck. Well, yeah. Finger pointing elsewhere is not the finger pointing at you. Right. So when, just like when we say it's not your fault that you got addicted to alcohol, it isn't your fault, but, but, and, and it is your responsibility. It absolutely is. And I love that. I love that because it's, I would say it's bittersweet, because it's like, oh, thank God. So I am not responsible. Oh, you mean I do have to take responsibility? So it's right. kind of, then also it's super empowering as well. Yes, yes. Because you're like, okay, that's almost like saying, it's okay, now we know. Now we can work with it. Yes. Now it's up in the open. There's no BS anymore. And when you bring that back to our discussion on emotions, what we're saying is if you, there's a fact that happens if you feel powerless over your response, 
you're sort of, you not sort of, you are giving your power over. Yeah. Whereas if you take control of the gap, then you've taken your power back and you can change it. Then honestly, Zoe, it's a skill. This is not something that some lucky, yeah. Well, and it's not something that some lucky people got and you didn't. And you didn't, yeah. Anybody can learn this skill. Yeah. Anybody. In fact, we teach it to young children. And if we can teach it to them, then these old dogs should surely be able to learn it. It's anybody can. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I just I love the idea that the understanding of the process strips it of any sort of that mystery that would stop right. us from from actually taking being feeling that we can take ownership of it that we can actually be in control of the, the outcome of our thoughts etc cetera, etc cetera. so i just i i love those explanations because it opens up like a flower as in op- opportunity our options are there you know and it's just right. it's just so cool it's so cool so when we started uh talking earlier you had a really cool tool that you use because the very first part of acquiring this skill is awareness. Yes. And so tell me about your tool to help our listeners with the awareness of their emotions. So are we talking about my magic wheel? Yes, the magic my wheel. Magic wheel. I think we can <laughs> even post it. If we can, we'll post it underneath yes. here. Can we add it? We will yeah. post Zoe's magic wheel. Yes, because I got to a point when I was like, okay, so, okay, happy is not enough. We need to dig deeper. We need to open up your abilities to read yourself. Really think, how am I feeling? Because then that opens your, that strengthens your awareness muscle. So I have this amazing wheel that we're going to post. In the center, we have surprised, bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, sad, and happy. Yeah, those are the ones that we can kind of hide behind. Okay? The basics. Well, I'm yeah. going to choose one. Hmm? Sure. Which one would you like me to choose? Let's go with, should we go with, let's go with bad. Okay. Or should I we go feel- with happy? No, Zoe, I feel bad. Okay, you feel bad. Okay, so the words around bad, the options that you've got are bored, busy, stressed, tired, indifferent, apathetic, pressured, rushed, overwhelmed, out of control, sleepy, unfocused and when you open that up that opens up so many options as to understanding what that emotion is trying to say to you what area in your life is that emotion pointing you towards for example if I take overwhelmed yeah I drink at the end of my day what's happening in your day that's making you feel overwhelmed where is this emotion stemming from And so you can actually start to look, oh, I've got to look at my day. Oh, yeah, actually, I do take on too much or I might get some help with the kids or I might. You see, so it's like a it's like the most beautiful library of options of where to understanding your sense of self. And we can't do it immediately by ourselves. It's just almost impossible because we are just a little bit hemmed in by ourselves. But then open it up and you've got all this beautiful data and information just in this variety of words. Right, because overwhelmed is very different than let's say bored. And your solution for overwhelm 
is going to be very different than your solution for board. 100%. Yeah. It's clever, isn't it? Right. And and so that's that awareness piece. Your So your magic wheel is really helping you get to the actual emotion in a detail where now I'm aware. So yeah. what's my next step? So I've, Zoe, I felt bad. And now yeah. I realize I felt overwhelmed. What's yeah. my next step? So let's imagine overwhelmed has a, it's a sign. It's got a, an arrow on it and the arrow is pointing. So where are you feeling overwhelmed? Whereabouts? Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed in, at home because the children are, I've got four children under five and I'm not sleeping and I haven't had a break, but I can't take a break because I look after the children and that's what I do. Okay. Right. So you're listing facts. You, you've yeah. stepped back. So step one was you identified the base emotion. Then you Absolutely. identified the, the dialed in to the yeah. overwhelm. And now yeah. you're listing facts about your yes. day. So the emotion facts yeah. because they happened, right? We're not asking you for emotional feedback on it. Just what happened today? And you can't question an emotion. You see, a story is a story. You can tell me a story till you're blue in the blue in the face. I want an emotion. I'm not going to validate a story, but I can validate your emotion. Mm-hmm. So that emotion is then opening up a whole new world of options for you to be able to look into. So I felt bad and then I used your wheel and now I realize I'm overwhelmed. And yeah. I looked at my day and I saw yeah. that I've got four kids under the age of two, which isn't two. possible, but let's go there. Oh no, two sets of twins. <laughs> Catholic twins, I got four kids. I'm a full-time working mom. The plumbing failed and I'm just overwhelmed. At the end of my tether and my my batteries are empty. So what do I want to do when my batteries are empty and I'm overwhelmed? I want to drink. Right? Because that is going to, as you said in earlier episodes, it is, it's a stimulant. Yeah. As well as a relaxant. So it's going to both relax and stimulate you for a very short period of time. Yeah. Short, short, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And then it's going to add three hours to your sentence of feeling worse. Yeah. So what are some other options that someone might have? So when I have a client actually with that problem. And so we looked into her bringing in some help, which she was a bit reticent to towards. So we looked at her partner having the children or them organizing so she could actually go and she's now joined a, a what's it called wild swimming group oh and fun so now jumps in god knows what freezing waters in rivers and jumps around with people <laughs> but she it gives her that she feels alive again it's something that's replenishing her batteries so when she goes back it's not her family's fault it's not her children's fault it's nobody's fault it's just that her it wasn't red how she was feeling, she wasn't reading herself. So when you deny yourself that space, that importance, you dwindle, you don't thrive. Right. Yeah. And she's so happy now. That's brilliant. That is so brilliant. There's a tactic that I like to use. It's, I'm sure you've used it too. It's keeping it above 50%. Oh yeah, I love that. So if zero is what my scenario was, I've got two sets of twins under two years old and the plumbing's broken and a hundred is I've just won the lotto. 50% is just, I just don't feel good or bad. 
And yeah. it's so much easier to bring yourself up from 50% than it is to bring yourself up from 25%. Yes. So checking in with yourself every hour, you can set an alarm on your phone. Yeah. And it's just two seconds to say- As long as that doesn't stress you out. <laughs> right? <laughs> How am I feeling? And maybe take a couple of deep breaths that calm down your nervous system. Yeah. Or maybe when you're tired, sometimes you got to take a nap. And I know it seems like if everything isn't perfect, if the laundry isn't folded and the house isn't perfectly clean, that your life is going to fall apart. But the reality is it's not. If you could refill your cup, get that nap in, let the laundry pile. Yeah. You know, let yeah. clean the kitchen tomorrow whatever yeah. you need to do to keep it above 50% throughout the day, you don't find yourself at that, at the end of the day, just so overwhelmed yeah. yeah, that you've got nothing left and you don't even have the energy to think about solving the problem. Oh, hundred percent. And you have people who are like, they're, they're, and I was one of them. That's why I can talk about it. Just constantly on the move. So there's always doing something and actually stopping is almost an insult to ourselves. It's like, no, I can't stop. And they're driving kids and they're taking mothers to hospital and they're doing this and, and just life doesn't stop. And the minute they there is a room to maybe take a breather, I'm going to do the ironing, or I'm going to do the cleaning or I'm going to go into right. this extra project or take this on at work because we become sort of reliant on overwhelm. We think that that's getting us somewhere and that's a good place to be. But actually, it really, really depletes our energy levels, both emotionally and physically. And that's exactly what makes us run out of steam and think, OK, I need a drink to relax. And then then's the correlation is made. Yeah, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I need a drink. I have this, this cool new watch and it actually pays attention to my respiratory rate, my heart rate and my sleep. And every morning... It gives me my body battery. Oh, that's cool. And it tells me how much energy I have. Because I am an exerciser and I have a history of overtraining. And you yes. know, you've overtrained when your resting heart rate is elevated. So it knows. So it tells me every morning how much I have added to my body battery by getting a good night's sleep. And I can wow. see it going down and filling up. And I absolutely love that. And one thing we know about alcohol is science moment. It ruins our sleep. If you're already at a deficit. Yes. Then having that drink has just ruined your sleep. And so tomorrow just add more exhaustion. And it yeah. is just heaping yeah. on and heaping on. And then if you make the good decision, the really wise decision of having a French bulldog sleep in your bedroom, that's a real one. That's a good one to add to your um, sleep patterns not being successful. <laughs> they do snore. <laughs> like that all night. I was like, how did I ever sleep with this animal in my room? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And we're definitely going to come back to that because sleep is, I think it's both of our kind of like passion about sleep because the effects, I mean, are quasi immediate, aren't they? When you start to get the right quality, quality sleep and quantity, it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable the shift that it makes. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. And having said that, one of the things that kept me stuck from my alcohol freedom was the belief that without a glass of wine or a bottle, 
I would never be able to fall asleep. Yeah, and I too. really had to work that. And I had this these emotions around it. And I was really fearful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so instead of choosing fear, I chose curiosity as nice. the emotion I wanted to feel. So I got curious and I thought, well, when I was a kid, I slept without alcohol. And then yeah. I thought, you know, millions of people around the world don't drink. They all fall asleep without alcohol. Yeah. So yeah. why am I this special snowflake that cannot fall asleep without alcohol? And I think my anxiety around it is what was actually keeping me from falling asleep. Yeah. You'll, and because yeah. I, I would lay there thinking, I'll never sleep, I'll never sleep, I'll never sleep. Yeah. And that gets back to, if you're going to make something up, make it good. Yes. So 100%. I decided yeah. to look at that gap of fear of not falling asleep and decided that if I believed I could fall asleep, yeah, I would. And yeah. I did. Yeah. And, and so my watch tells me. I sleep I, like a champion. We love the watch. Life on the watch. So by changing the thought process around it and saying, I am going to sleep, I'm going to sleep. If everybody eventually falls asleep, yeah. you then trigger an emotion of a soothing emotion. It's going to be okay. I'm actually going to fall asleep. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Which then action. You do fall off. asleep. You do fall asleep. Yeah. I love that. I and I think that the magic of this conversation lies in that this is, we are now, we're utterly empowered by the fact that all these, all the situations, all the thoughts, all the emotions, all the, all our actions, they're all under our own, they're under, in, in our hands. We can do yes. what we want with them. Yes. They are like plasticine. You know, we just have to be able to, to practice and play with them again yes. and again and again. So as we become becomes more natural for us to migrate towards a positive thought than a negative one bearing in mind that the human brain automatically veers towards negative thoughts which is crazy but that's the way we are well actually that's how we survived if we were like oh i wonder if that's oh that's a pretty snake over there rather <laughs> rather than there's a snake run we wouldn't have survived very long so you know it's important that it's there but it that's great feeling that all of a sudden it's in our hands so when you're thinking miserable thoughts, I'm thinking miserable thoughts. I choose to think these miserable thoughts. Yes. Or I'm happy. I feel good. Feeling good. Yeah. I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to yeah. learn the skill of taking control of my thoughts. 100%. And how flipping cool is that? <laughs> oh, oh my God. It. It's the key to joy. It is the yes. absolute key to joy. Yeah. I love it. And I've absolutely loved our conversation. Okay. Well, I'm really looking forward to our next one now. Me too, Zoe. <laughs> Thanks so much. See you soon. See you soon. Bye.